If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to a spooky kind of funny games daily for Thursday, October 27th, 2022. I'm on your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. And I'm joined by the LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Bless. What's up, Tim? Every once in a while, you see a tweet and it makes you stop and think about life and mm. the way that time moves and the way that it affects you and all of this stuff. And I remember there was a big uh, kerfuffle. A couple years ago, mm -hmm. uh, when people were talking about the 10-year anniversary of Super Mario Galaxy, and the Super Mario Galaxy is a retro game and all this stuff. Do you remember this? I do remember this. How would you feel if I told you that today, October 27, 2022, is the five-year anniversary of Mario Odyssey? Wait, how many? Five. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. That's still that's still a lot. In my head, okay, so it's morning, right? This yeah. coffee's still mm -hmm. kicking in. Mm -hmm. I in my head I heard twenty five year of Mario Galaxy no. and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No. But still half a decade since Mario Odyssey. Which that means, doesn't compute. Uh there was a tweet that Roger put out, I wanna say it was either yesterday or the day before, of uh it was like post a game that came out when you're eighteen years old. And I want to say he posted uh, Final Breath Fantasy VII Remake. No, I'm just kidding. It was Breath oh, of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even so, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. What game came out when you were 18? I was 18. 18. Uh, the Last of Us for me. Mario Galaxy. Oh. Mario Galaxy. Let's see. I was 18 in 2012. What game came out when I was in 2012? Was that like, what, Far Cry 3? Maybe let's say Far Cry 3. That sounds about right. That lines up, which, you know, every now and then I'm like, oh, man, maybe I'm getting old when I'm thinking about when, I, when I'm thinking about shit like that. But, you know, that, that, I, that doesn't make me feel old. Yeah. The fact that Far Cry, Far Cry 3 came 3. out when I was 18. Yeah. Because thinking back, I was, I, hadn't, I was in the 18 mindset when I played that game. I wasn't thinking about game design that deeply. Uh -huh. I was thinking about the narrative lore implications. Mm -hmm. I was just playing that game, play that game, and having, having fun. some fun, man. Having some I fun. respect that. Thank you. I've always respected that about you, Bless. <laughs> you know what? I respect it about you too, Tim. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Also, I respect the fact that we're both matching, and we just don't care. In our bomber jackets. Yeah, none of us were. Neither of us were like, "Yo, let's change." Tinyfunny.com/store. Everybody, you can do it too. It's a dope bomber jacket, mm -hmm. and I'm also doing the blessing special, which is I'm wearing the sweatshirt under the bomber jacket to try and give it new life, give it a different flair. See, the thing is about this uh, games that came out uh, what year you were, mm -hmm. I get to play, uh, I get to choose, because my birthday is June 30th, so I'm kind of in the middle where I get to choose. I was 18 in 2007 and 2008, mm. but of course I'm going to go Mario Galaxy. I'm not going to go 2008. Of course. You got to. You got Tim, to enough about our ages. Let's mm -hmm. talk about today's stories, which include Phil Spencer talks Game Pass success. We know another one of PlayStation's live service games and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. 
If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show head to kindoffunny.com kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com kindoffunny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content just like the shit list which mm-hmm. we're recording right after this oh yeah you can get later Patreon, again, dot com slash kind of funny, kind of funny games, all that good stuff. Housekeeping for you. Tomorrow is our second studio launch live stream. We're starting with KFGD and then going until 5 p.m. and pushing the Patreon thermometer to fund some exciting new projects. That's going down right here on Twitch and YouTube, but go to patreon.com. It's kind of funny to learn how you can support. The final push for the thermometer. The final push. Let me tell y'all. Y'all got to push that thing because there are some goals on there that I really want to do that, like, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. We're getting close. I'm scared. We're, We're close. pretty far on that from the thermometer, but, like, one of the ones I want to do the most, I want to say is, what, 95K? Which one is it? It's the uh, top 10 game or top, oh, the 100, top 100 games of all time. Of all yeah, time uh, podcast. For sure. Which I think would be a blast. If you oh, like our game of the year coverage, I think it's, it's oh, going to yeah. be a similar vibe. And so please get us to that just so I can do it. Just so mm-hmm. I can uh, tell people how much I love Nier Automata because I'm putting it high up there. <laughs> I'm putting it high up there. Well, other people at Kind of Funny put it up there? No, because they have no taste. No Greg taste. Miller. No taste here. P.S. I love you. XOXO is recording live later today on Patreon. You can write in with your burning PlayStation questions over on kindoffunny.com slash P-S-I-L-Y. And then listen tomorrow on YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames and on podcast services around the globe. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Fargo Brady, on YouTube. Today brought to you by Policy Genius and the official Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power podcast. But we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be. The Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A Baker's Dozen. Starting with our number one. Something's going on with that one. Yeah, yeah. this one's still not fixed yet. <laughs> Someone said something mean to it because it doesn't want to work for yeah. us anymore. Yeah. It, it makes me sad. So mm. we're, we gave it a little bit of a break last night, yeah. and uh, it still doesn't want to communicate with us, and it makes me sad. We'll give it the day off. There's been a cold going around. I'm sure it caught yeah. it. So we'll be back in a few days. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Let's start with our number one. Will Xbox get more expensive, Tim? I am pulling from Tom Warren at The Verge, who writes this. Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer has revealed that the company's Xbox Game Pass subscription service is already profitable. Speaking at the Wall Street Journal's Tech Live conference, Spencer also revealed that the Xbox Game Pass is around 15% of Microsoft's overall Xbox content and services revenue. Quote, Game Pass as an overall part of our content and service revenue is probably 15%, says Spencer. I don't think it gets bigger than that. I think the overall revenue grows, so 15% of a bigger number. But we don't have, we don't, we don't have this future where I think 50 to 70% of our revenue comes from subscriptions, end quote. Very interesting. Which already, very interesting. Yeah. It's a rare insight into Microsoft's Xbox console and Game Pass subscription businesses, particularly as Spencer suggests Xbox Game Pass won't dominate Microsoft's gaming revenue. There's a reason for that, as there's, there, there are only so many Xbox console owners that can subscribe to the service. Quote, we're seeing incredible growth on PC. On console, I've seen growth slow down, mainly because at some point you reached everybody on console that wants to subscribe, explains Spencer. 
Microsoft just revealed that it saw PC Game Pass subscriptions increase by 159% year over year, and that more than 20 million people have streamed games on Xbox Cloud Gaming, up from 10 million earlier this year. Another very interesting number. Yeah. Uh, PC looks like an obvious growth area for Microsoft, but there's always mobile too. Microsoft is building an Xbox mobile gaming store to take on Apple and Google, but it'll face challenges in growing Xbox Game Pass on platforms like iOS, where it's currently impossible to offer rival stores and even cloud gaming apps. Spencer acknowledged those challenges, but he thinks Microsoft is playing the long game on a mobile Xbox store. Quote, if we take a long-term bet, which we're doing, that we'll be able to get access to players on the largest platforms that people play on, Android and iOS phones, we want to be in a position with content, players and storefront capability to take advantage of it says spencer Oof, let's go bless pricing was another hot topic during spencer's appearance at wsj tech live while microsoft hasn't increased the price of xbox game pass or its xbox xbox consoles that might not hold for much longer uh and spencer has hinted changes could be on the way in the future quote we've held the price on our console we've held the price on our games and our subscription i don't think we'll be able to do that forever admits spencer quote I do think at some point we'll have to raise some prices on certain things, but going into this holiday, we thought it was really important that we maintain the prices that we have, end quote. So a lot of, a lot of interesting tidbits from mm -hmm. here, Tim. To sum things up, I have Benji Sales who put, put it all in a tweet for, for us here, right? Game Pass is confirmed to be profitable. Big That's deal. first and foremost. Big talking point there. Big deal. Uh, Game Pass is 15% of gaming, re gaming revenue right now for Xbox. Not as big of a deal, um, but I think the context of Phil explaining that, like, they don't expect that to grow. To they just higher. expect that the overall number to grow. It's like that. that is an interesting perspective of yes, it all. Yes, 100%. Game Pass growth on console has slowed some. PC growth is incredible. Yeah. yeah another, Checks out. Makes sense to an extent as well. Exactly. And then prices on some things will have to go up at some point, which I'm putting it's as a big statement. takeaway. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like that's not the big takeaway. I feel like until that happens, this is just, like preparing for a future that probably is going to have to happen at some point anyways mm -hmm. i i am going to go out and say i don't expect that the xbox consoles are going to get a price increase this generation i just don't think that's going to happen uh game pass price increase yes, yes that is inevitable 100%. that is going to happen like I've, absolutely i think that uh here they're just kind of like setting the stage for that like all of this feels very aimed at investors right and kind of like uh, dissuading fear, but also like uh, encouraging confidence in yeah. in the plan, and him talking about the um, wanting to be on the storefronts and taking the bets that one day they'll be able to have Game Pass on iOS and all that. Like, yeah, like that is clearly the vision that Microsoft's been building towards. Um, and then with that comes higher price points for those subscriptions. But um, I'm interested in him even dropping the Xbox potential of getting a price increase because my gut says that's not going to happen. Recently, we saw PlayStation. Uh, do it in yeah. the uk at, at least right mm -hmm. and um i feel like that was a pretty surprising move that we don't normally see for hardware like that but we're in unprecedented times when it comes to everything supply demand gaming is in general so anything is possible i don't think it's gonna happen yeah i'm, I'm still on that at that any anything is possible place where i don't think it's gonna happen i do think that it's more likely that we'll i, I think it's like, like you said right inevitable that it happens with xbox game pass that's the thing that we've been talking about since the part since the start of xbox game pass since they started talking about how yeah we're putting every single first party game on this thing it's like oh man that's a really good price for a really good deal and right now you know as we say it as you know paris lily says it on twitter all the time and plenty of our friends right Xbox Game Pass is the best deal in is is the best deal in gaming right now, right? And I think even if they raise the price, like let's say five dollars, 
I think that'll still hold, right? Like that's still yeah. a pretty good deal. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, like, and I, and we've talked about this a lot in different ways, but best deal in gaming is it, it's a relative thing, of course, but like course. they just it keeps getting to be a better and better deal as they add more and more things. Yeah. So that I think adds up, and like I do think that they have a lot of wiggle room in terms of pricing to keep to maintain that best deal in gaming. Uh, title but there is also the reality memes and jokes aside and then phil even was saying that like they they're kind of not tapping out but like hitting a ceiling of console xbox gamers that are uh, willing to subscribe to game bass but it's like is that true or are the the heavy hitter games just not there <laughs> and mm. will they ever be it seems like we keep talking about it that one day there will be a year the starfield has a window <laughs> exactly and all this stuff but it's like we haven't had that yet and we have we've had glimmers of hope of it we've seen like moments where it's like oh man forza and halo infinite and all that but here we are a year after that so you think that 15 percent rises up you know to a let's not say drastic let's say rises up 10 percent at some point in the near future because we're talking about with the future of xbox that you're talking about which is oh yeah you got all of these studios you have all these ip now it's time to start delivering on xbox game pass being the one right everybody has to have this because you can go here and you can get all of the next Bethesda games. You can go here, you can get Gears of War, you can get, I guess, Halo Street to play, but you can get Halo, you can get the Xbox games, and then eventually you can get Call of Duty, whether it be all the Call of Duty that come out in the past or Call of Duty day and date one day after that deal with PlayStation expires. You would imagine that once we hit that point, that 15% goes to 25% or something way higher, on, at least on the Xbox platform of well, audience. I, I don't know because like what like Phil was saying, that 15% I think grows with the amount of money overall coming mm. in. And I, I think that there is a reality that people are still just going to be traditional and just want to buy their games, whether it's physical or digital. And I think that that, uh, in addition to hardware sales, in addition to like other uh, supplemental revenue streams for Xbox, adds up to the 85% that is not the Game Pass subscription here, yeah. right? And I just don't see that shifting too much, like too far from where we're at here. Um, even if Microsoft were to like completely triple down on Game Pass, there is a world if they made things exclusive to Game Pass that that would change. But I don't think that that is a, a smart move for them to do. And I, I don't mm -hmm. think that that would ever happen. That's fair, yeah, and I think I'm also thinking of it in the context of Game Pass being, of course, they're talking about. They're, Phil Spencer specifically is talking about Xbox console, which I think makes sense, right? And I'm talking, I'm thinking even beyond the Xbox console, even beyond PC, right? I'm thinking about game streaming on Samsung smart TVs, and I'm also thinking about what we're talking about with the the mobile stuff, which is, yeah, if Xbox can compete with Apple and Google in terms of, hey, we have our own uh, game store or our own games platform that is Game Pass, that is. Here's Candy Crush because we own it now. Here's X, uh, COD Mobile because we own that now. And here's this uh, this game's offering on mobile that is going to rival what... Uh, I didn't even think about COD Mobile. Oh, yeah. Like, right now, Xbox has a good slice of mobile games that wow. are competing in that space and are one of the uh, some of the bigger sellers in that space. And so if they really wanted to double and triple down on, hey, let's really go hard for mobile... They're positioned to do it right now, right? Uh, the, the framing of putting them up against Google and Apple is the thing that makes it go, oh, man, are you going to be able to do that? But, again, if anybody's able to do that, it would be Microsoft. Well, it's not even so much about going up against them as, as much as I think it's them wanting to work with them and wanting to be allowed to be on those platforms in the way that they, they want their – they want to be able to get subscriptions – on any storefront possible, right? Mm -hmm. You want to be front and center on display. And like, you want when people have an iPhone, when they open the app store, you want Xbox to be always in the, one of the top downloaded apps, yeah. right? And like that, if they were allowed to do things the way they want to there, will happen. 
And I think a lot of that's evidenced even by some of the numbers they dropped here that uh, we haven't talked about uh, in depth yet. But uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming, more than 20 million people have streamed games on cloud gaming, up from 10 million earlier this year. A 10 million increase in the last year shows that there's interest in this technology that Xbox has been uh, kind of like investing heavily in. Uh, over the last couple of years, and we're still not quite there, but those are big numbers, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean there's 20, 20 million people that are sticking with it, using it every day. They're just trying it out. But that interest is, that's a level of interest that I think is evidence that uh, Xbox is onto something with all of this. And once we eventually see the streaming stick, whatever it is, you're talking about the Samsung TV apps and all that, they're, they're building this strategy that is back end so that when they're allowed to be front facing on things like Samsung smart TVs or on the Apple uh, app store, Google store, all that stuff, they're able to just flip the switch and be like, we're there. Yeah. And everything's ready to go. And we have this infrastructure and you can play on the cloud. We have a suite of hardware controllers and um, different types of things at different price levels for you to be able to just play these games, lower the barrier uh, of entry to being able to play Xbox games and specifically the Xbox game pass brand. Yeah. That's how they secure the bag. And the, the other bigger thing here is them talking about it's profitable. You know, we've yep. been talking for years of like, is it? What's going on? Yeah. How can how, you afford uh, this? How exactly. are you, How are you? you know, getting people to deal for this for a dollar to get into Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for three months and putting your first party games on it, let alone all these new... Like, you look at Xbox Game Pass monthly day uh, weekly and there are banger games on there where it's like yo y'all got um tinykin on here y'all got uh signalis on here like y'all got games on here that are you know the indie games you know whatever but games that end up being super popular and games that end up you know selling really well on other platforms they're able to get on xbox game pass right like it's been such a uh, a fascinating thing looking at at that come through seeing it be such a, such a success and continually asking the question so is this profitable? Like, when's the price going to go up? All this stuff. When you've seen reports, you've seen articles saying that it is. But yeah, hearing it from Phil Spencer going, yeah, no, it's profitable. Like, we're good on this right now. Um, very fascinating. And I wish I could it be is. in, like, the the the, uh, the back rooms in Microsoft to hear, like, yo, know, this is how the numbers actually shake out. Yeah. Right? This is how much we make doing this versus how much we would have made selling these games individually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see because we keep talking about this future of Microsoft coming out with the banger after banger on Game Pass. Once that happens, yeah, does that help the profitability or is there then the question of like, all right, cool. Well, now the best deal in gaming is the best deal for the users, not so much for us, right? Yeah. But I feel like the, they are making a lot of wise calls with everything we were just talking about with the cloud and with the just different, the way that all the Xbox ecosystem works together, they're creating like almost backup plans and se separate revenue streams to be able to make it that uh, Game Pass doesn't necessarily need to be the sole moneymaker because it does just represent 15% of the money that they're making. So mm -hmm. if they can make more money everywhere else because of Game Pass's success, that helps the profitability overall of the Xbox brand, which is what matters at the end of the day. Uh, Tim, I want you to put your prediction cap on mm -hmm. for me. Five years from now, where do you see Xbox? Dude, I mean, that is such an exciting question because I don't know. Like, I feel like... Uh, we can do a, a similar exercise with, with video games overall, with mm -hmm. PlayStation, with Nintendo, and have a much better answer. Yeah, that's the thing is with PlayStation and Nintendo, I can, I can give you a prediction where I'm like, I'm sure this will be spot on, right? Like five years, five years from now with wow. Nintendo, Nintendo's going to be Nintendo, right? Like maybe we'll, maybe we'll finally have the Switch 2 or the Switch Pro. But they're <laughs> going to be making Mario. They're going to be making Zelda. Maybe there'll be a new gimmick or whatever that they're going to be working off of with the Nintendo Switch. But I think 
for the state for the most part that's gonna be nintendo with playstation we see them building the pieces for live service and stuff mm -hmm. right but i imagine that yeah like there's still gonna be playstation we're still gonna get five years from now another iteration in what a not a naughty dog new ip or last was or uncharted we're gonna be having a ghost of Tsushima three or whatever right like, i guess five years from now maybe we could get a playstation six right i don't expect them to not make another playstation console like that makes sense for microsoft i am like you guys have set up so many dominoes like it's been the longest tee up of yeah. dominoes <laughs> i've ever seen be set up by microsoft and i'm like when these things fall like are y'all like what are y'all doing with this like what is the last what does that last domino look like for y'all when it falls i think the reason that i i find it so difficult and exciting to think about xbox in five years is there's so many questions that need to be answered to understand what it even could look like and i think a lot of that falls back to the activision situation like what that ends up shaking out to be it, it i think is going to dramatically alter what xbox's output can be um and specifically on the exclusive side there's the Call of Duty, like, beast, right? But there's also all the rest of Activision. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does that look like? How does that bolster Xbox as a brand? Because everything we're seeing here today shows that Game Pass is a success, mm -hmm. a major success. And Game Pass is a major success based off us joking about them not having games. What happens when they have games and we can't even joke about it? You get what I'm saying? If that even does happen. I think at some point it has to, but I feel like an idiot because I've been saying that for years and it hasn't. But the dominoes are set up. There are yeah. more dominoes than ever. These things at some point are going to fall. And when that happens, what could Xbox look like, especially if all these other dominoes that people aren't even thinking about, like the app stores and stuff, mm -hmm. are also at the same time falling? Wow. Shit could be insane. So we've talked a lot about Xbox. Let's talk about PlayStation. With story number two, PlayStation's London studio are working on an online co-op combat game set in fantasy London. This is Victoria Kennedy at Eurogamer. Earlier this year, it was revealed that PlayStation's London studio, which is best known for its work on SingStar and Blood and Truth, was working on a new online game for the PS5. Now we have more details on what this elusive game actually is. And what it is, is an online co-op combat game that is set in a fantasy version of London. Speaking via the SIE blog, co-studio heads Stuart White and Tara Saunders uh, shared more details about this currently unnamed game, which they call the, the team's, quote, most ambitious project to date, end quote. In addition to this, they also shared some new artwork for it, showing a battle against a dragon as the face of Big Ben glows in the distance. You, you can't have a game in London without Big Ben glowing in the distance. It's impossible. Unlike even in Kirby. Is he really? Kirby. Yeah. Oh, man, I got to replay Kirby again. Uh, unlike previous titles from the studio, this upcoming release is not a VR game. Rather, it is being built specifically for the PS5 using the studio's in-house Soho engine. Speaking of the studio's decision to base the game in London, the duo praised the city's vibrancy and inclusivity. Quote, Honestly, I think London is a fantastic backdrop for any video game. And given our history of producing games set here, it's extremely exciting to do something similar, but with a twist. To bring some real magic and wonder to London, White said. Meanwhile, on its, move, on its move away from VR, White explained the studio was keen to, quote, explore new avenues with its latest venture, stating it took inspiration from fellow Sony studio Guerrilla Games, quote, we are fascinated about how they went from Killzone to Horizon, he shared with GamesIndustry.biz. Quote, we are proud of the history and innovation that we've done over the years, supporting all sorts of PlayStation technology, whether that's VR or AR or microphones or whatever, White continued. Quote, with this project, we really wanted to explore some new avenues and set ourselves some new challenges. 
We definitely wanted to try something a little bit different and think this new project really channels our brave our brave value uh, and allows us to push ourselves on the curious front too. It's an exciting future. It really is, end quote. This game from London Studio will be one of Sony's 10 upcoming promised live service games. Tim, if Kind of Funny ever turned into a game developer, you think we're setting all our games in San Francisco? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Fair <laughs> That's fair enough. What do you think about this? Uh, I... Uh, kind of interesting like you know you know me i'm not necessarily a live service type of guy um but the idea of online co-op combat game it's like all right that seems more interesting than what i would expect just like a uh, another shooter right like this mm -hmm. sounds a little bit um a little more unique and coming from this team i think is the more interesting part because i really enjoyed what they did on the vr side of things even oh, with yeah. just like the early demos for psvr stuff and they They've proven that they have a knack hey. for um, the for like fun set pieces and like oh, action yeah. action moments and um, setting up story just enough to be able to have a payoff. Um, and I feel like taking that idea into what they're describing here, I can see them doing that. And the the concept art we saw, it's like, oh, that that looks kind of cool. You know, I, I um, I'm. Typically not the biggest fan of London as a location in video games, but seeing this, I'm like, oh, cool. There's like a the colorfulness and the vibrancy to it. Like that's a take on London that I am like, all right, I'm more open to this as opposed to what to me kind of feels like the same drab color scheme we normally get when we uh, are are playing games. You, you didn't fuck London. with uh, Watch Dogs Three or whatever. I didn't. No. Yeah, no, neither did I. No. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm looking forward to the beans and toast mechanic in this game. Right? Uh -huh. <laughs> Just start uh -huh. off, you ride your dragon, you head to the the local Nando's, pick up some beans and toast. I know they don't sell beans and toast in Nando's, but listen, y'all funny over there. Uh, but yeah, no, like I, I'm somebody who loves London Studio. I loved uh, Blood and Truth. I'm a Blood and Truth fanboy, right? When you're talking about what they did for VR, that is one that sticks out to me, right? From uh, from PlayStation VR, that's one that I always bring up when I'm talking about the slate of games on PSVR that for me made that stand out as a platform. It was the next of the world. It was the blend truth truths of the world, right? I think you talk about set pieces and that was a game that was filled with them. That was a game that had so much good energy. That was a game that I thought had excellent game design. And I think it's a fascinating shift for them to go from that to then do this game that is going to be an online co-op uh, combat game, right? And seemingly it's going to be more on the live, live service side. That is very different for them uh, from them. And it makes me, Nervous and excited at the same time. Uh, excited in the way that, in their quote here, right? They mentioned they mentioned the comparison to uh, Gorilla Games. We were fascinated by how they went from Killzone to Horizon. If this can be the Horizon moment of cool, we've kind of been on the you know let's not we've we've not been on like the Naughty Dog Sony Santa Monica level of PlayStation, right? We've been one of those studios that has been supporting the platform yeah. with the games we make. And the games we make are dope as fuck, but people aren't looking at us <laughs> at that level because we've been more on on the uh, not the outskirts, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Like we've, we've been making those supportive games to the platform in terms of, it's, as opposed to the main contenders, we want to make something that shifts our studio into something else, right? Like right now, PlayStation is making this live service push. How can we be one of the main contenders there? I think that's an exciting thing, but also I have to ask the question of, Man, can y'all do it though? Like, do you guys have the stuff? I, I mean, really Sony hope Bend, you guys have right? the stuff. Was the last time we saw an a, example like this, uh, and the days gone. Yeah, you know, like they they took a big swing with that one, and it hit with some people, didn't hit with others. But I think at the end of the day, it's cool that Sony has a um, has has built an, uh, a a situation where their teams can move on from just doing the smaller titles, yeah, and like take bigger swings and try to find their footing as like, how do we make ourselves the next big PlayStation developer. And like we've seen now multiple times, like 
the insomniac gorilla kind of go from being debatably C B tier to A S tier, you know? And like what could that do for these other uh teams like like mm-hmm. London that we're looking at traditionally as like the D C tier. Could this get them up? I mean, A tier, S tier, could yeah. be. I don't know, and especially as PlayStation kind of leans into this um, live service games, ten multiplayer titles, like all that. Like some of them are going to hit. Like they, PlayStation has the first uh, single player stuff down, right? We understand what is a PlayStation game. We know what that means. We all yeah. think the exact same thing in our heads, right? But they're clearly trying to diversify that. What is going to be the Last of Us, the Uncharted, the Horizon? Uh, the God of War. I mean, War. There's, a, there's a chance that it is Last of Us and Horizon, right? With that, I stuff. mean, yeah, actually, that's a, really, that's a good point. That's you know, a good point. I, t- I take you to twittercom Junior in a tweet that I made last February when we were uh, a bit deeper into these talks. Maybe was it last February? Or was it last year's February? Was it 2021? No, it was 2022. Um, PlayStation early this year made the quote of "We are working on at least 10 live service titles." Right as we're making this push, and I think that number got updated later on to uh, at least 12 live service games that they're working on. And on PS Love You, we had an whole episode. It might have been a couple episodes, uh, honestly, of getting into our um, our nerdy bag. Right, I. I went on Google Docs and I made like a manifesto. I was like, you know what, man? Let me figure out what these games are. I'm going to crack the code. I'm going to crack the code and I'm cracking the code based off of job listings, based off of rumors, based off of reports. And like, this is a post from February. Honestly, some of these things have been confirmed at this point, which I think is exciting. But if I go back to it, right? Right now for the list that I made back in February, you're sitting on, if if I'm, Again, talking about the list of live service games PlayStation's talking about, uh, we know Bungie's working on a new IP, and I think the last thing y'all talked about was Marathon. Yeah. Right? And Marathon might be one of those. It could be that. They were talking about it that way, yeah. Yeah, so, like, there's that, and I think there might be another new IP as well that Bungie's working on. But you might have two from Bungie. Uh, Naughty Dog, of course, is working on Last of Us Factions. Firewalk is working on a new AAA IP, and that's confirmed as well. Uh, I had it on here, London Studio PS5 Online game, which we now know is going to be this fantasy combat game in London. Deviation Games is a studio they're working on for a new multiplayer FPS IP, and that was one that um, was uh, announced during Summer Game Fest, the kickoff last year, 2021. Uh, Sucker Punch uh, is, has job listings for a multiplayer title, which you got to assume is Ghost of Shima Legends 2. Uh, Gorilla, uh, Horizon co-op game I had written down here as like a bet, which we've had reports recently that no that's what they're doing and so there's that which you imagine is going to be a monster hunter like game insomniac is working on some multiplayer game uh and then also had on here like games like gran turismo 7 and mlb the show which Mm. does playstation look at the look at those as um live service do they not who knows um i don't think i have on here but like oh wait no i had on here uh twisted metal right from fire sprite that's another one that was reported as well and playstation sees that as part of the live service push you can see the ones on there that like oh some of these are gonna hit like last's factions that's got to hit. Oh, it's got, I mean, it's, hit. it's got to. And I'm I'm most excited that Factions is going to be its own standalone title, and it's not just going to be another part to to a single player game. And I, I feel like I've always uh, not liked when games when single player games tack on multiplayer modes, and it kind of just feels like uh, a leftover strategy from the ps2 era that was all about value 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 like back when video video game magazines like one of the more important factors of a game review were were like how long is the rpg and the number the higher the number the better the quality of the game was like the vibe and i feel like there was this thing of like oh but does it what how many modes does it have like does it have the it's almost a checklist of like you needed multiplayer like metroid prime 2 didn't need this shit like like you're just adding things to add things and i feel like naughty dog started doing that and uh, Uncharted multiplayer was fun. Yeah. Last of Us Factions, people freaking love it. But 
I, I always felt that th- there's no possible way that it was feeding the maximum audience. That's the thing is, what is the best case scenario from one of those modes being a hit? Yeah. Right? It is Last of Us Factions. It is Ghost of Shima Legends, which are modes that are excellent, right? Mo- like, I talk about factions all the time. I talk about legends all the time. I, you know, uh, like, I loved those modes almost as much as I love the single-player portions of those games. But people, like, the, the masses didn't necessarily talk about them, right? Like, pe- me and Sancho West talk about Last of Us Factions, right? There are groups of people I know who talk about the Uncharted mul- multiplayer modes and the, the Horde modes and stuff in those games. But those didn't have the reach that they could have if they were their own standalone thing and maybe were giving a, given a different release structure. So I think this is Sony learning and going, hey, what if we did Legends but actually gave it a chance to yeah. like actually thrive? What if we did Factions but gave it a chance to thrive? I mean, on top of that, Bless, like, it's very interesting to look at Sony's strategy right now of getting into these multiplayer titles, live service titles, all that. Because in so many ways, it feels way too late. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone else has been doing this for a whole generation now, if not more. But the other side of it is there's so many learnings, right? Oh, yeah. Multiplayer games, live service games look so different now than they did in 2015. And that's why you buy Bungie. And that's the thing. You get the guys that that have kind of been through it all and are still standing yeah. as the guys doing who, it right. The guys who set the tone for set what it looked like for and, the generation. And course corrected where, where necessary, right? Um, and I think that that's where, where that's interesting is there are different monetization strategies that are, are available that didn't exist then or existed but weren't figured out and like, you know, the there was a lot of anger and controversy anytime um, a misstep would be made. And we're not totally in the clear yet. Obviously, we're still getting stories of games coming out and Online games just not working yeah. at launch and uh, monetization strategies that are messed up and people don't like. And that ruins the reputation of a game that they can't really come back from. Mm-hmm. If Sony learns all the right things and comes out and is able to do for live service multiplayer games what they did for single player narrative games in the last generation, man, yeah, that could be absolutely wild. And I think that leaning on free to play is probably the smartest call for them because we talk about this a lot. It's like you need to find the community for different types of games. Not all games need to be mar- or could be marketed the same way or whatever. When it comes to these live service games, they live or die by the community. The more people you can get playing the game and keeping satisfied, that's the win. Same with fighting games. Yep. And that's that's my big hope for this PlayStation's London Studio game is that it is a, hey, we're this is a game that is coming out post PlayStation that is now trying. I don't want this game to come out and be Destruction All-Stars. You know, that is the kiss of death for the game. If it is, hey, it's out and nobody cares about this thing because it was a game that it's not filling a void. It's a game that isn't nailing it in terms of the gameplay loop being fun and the live service parts of it just don't uh, uh, live up in that way. This is a game that I'm hoping that, like, I hope right now PlayStation is um, having them talk to Bungie and going, cool, Bungie, what can you help them with? What can they learn from you? Like, what are the things that they need to nail from this game? And also, like, them talking to London Studio and being like, yo, okay, so is this game fun? Like, are you guys nailing the fun of this game? Does this work? Is this good? Something that I'm really excited about as well when it comes to where gaming is at, and specifically with the first-party groups, with uh, with Xbox and PlayStation, how they've been doing things. We just talked uh, about the Xbox, their ecosystem, all the different uh, things working together, mm-hmm. and the learnings you can kind of see that they're still in the the early stages of this because they're still acquiring different companies and there's gonna work not only are we waiting for the games to come we're also waiting for the synergy and like what does this all look like of microsoft xbox all the teams underneath that being able to work together and feel like a cohesive team in the way that playstation does right like playstation studios i feel 
currently there's a little bit more cohesion with than Microsoft Game Studio, Xbox Game Studios. And I think that's just because of the amount of acquisitions and shaking arounds and like who's in charge of this, who's the HR team, like all that stuff. But on the PlayStation side, we have seen them kind of work together uh, so long and have so many learnings that when we see Naughty Dog have incredible accessibility options in The Last of Us, mm -hmm. we then see them in Horizon. We then yeah. see them in um, God of War. We then see them in, you know, Ratchet, in Ratchet and everything. And it's kind of like we are actively seeing games get better from the learnings from what other teams under the same structure are doing. Yeah. So I guarantee that they are working with Bungie and are working to kind of do the, that exact same thing on the live yeah. service front. And that's exciting. I mean, it's the beautiful, beautiful idea of uh, look at Death Stranding. That was running off the Decima engine and that was in collaboration with Guerrilla Games. Great example. You know? Like there was yeah. another article, I forget what the two, I think, I think it was um, Ghost of Shima and Last of Us talking about sharing horse tech and like, you know, how do you, how do you guys nail this? Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Well, let's nail it in our game as well. You know, that is the stuff that makes publishers like this exciting when it is hey yeah we have this technology now share it share your knowledge work together all uh uh fuck what's the phrase rising ties <laughs> raise all ships or mm -hmm. so, something like that you know like yeah make it that make it make it so that when one person one team wins all the teams win and all the teams get better yeah and it's like I, i'm not saying i want everything homogenized right but i am mm -hmm. saying that there are certain standards that we should be hitting and that teams have proven they can hit and i i've loved seeing that kind of get taken and applied in ways that make sense to other titles, right? Yeah. I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all for everything, but I do think that there are some steps, some learnings that are. And I think that when you, you apply that to the free-to-play model and the, the monetization there, like, there are some learnings that have happened in the last 10 years. That Like, there's a game plan. There's a, a total, mm. there's, a, like, a, a battle pass strategy that they could just kind of take and be like, yeah, how does this fit this game or does it not fit this game? Don't shove things places they don't fit. But... If it does fit, use that as the model to create a situation where you're not getting a destruction all-stars. You're getting, and I think that, of course, things tied to IP people care about are always going to be inherently more interesting to more people because it's a known quantity. That's just how things work. But Horizon, Last of Us, like all of those things, if they are able to have the right free-to-play strategy or not even free-to-play, but just like live, live service. service strategy yeah. with a, a known IP then I think they have the ability to take those learnings, put out a Destructions All-Stars, like a new IP, yeah. with those learnings as well, and it's like, oh, now we have another hit on our hands. 1,000%. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want our team to get better, let me tell you about patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Of course, you can go there. You can support the live stream that we're about to do tomorrow, starting at 10 a.m. with Kind of Funny Games Daily, going all the way to 5 p.m. Of course, you can go there. Help us reach our goals. Help us fund new shows. Help us reach, I think, 100K being our, <clears throat> being our ultimate goal. Help us get there. But you can also help yourself and get the shows ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. You know what I have? No, besides a game award, life insurance. I want to make sure that if anything happens to me, my family is taken care of. And you should do the same. And since life insurance typically gets more expensive as we age, now is the time to buy. I didn't get my first life insurance policy until Ben was born. But it feels great knowing that no matter what, Jen and him are going to be okay. 
no matter what. Policy Genius was built to modernize the life insurance industry. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies like AIG and Prudential in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $17 per month for $500,000 of coverage. They're not incentivized to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. And your personal info is private. No wonder they have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net, and you deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Go deeper into the canals of Numenor, the mines of Khazad-dûm, and more with the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast. Hosted by friend of the show, Felicia Day, and several special guests, they provide an inside look at the groundbreaking series and what it took to bring Middle-earth to life. Each episode of the official podcast features exclusive interviews with the series showrunners J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, including the very first full breakdown of the incredible season finale. Felicia also goes behind the scenes with the cast and crew to bring you jaw-dropping stories and Easter eggs you don't want to miss. Watch The Rings of Power on Prime Video and listen to all eight episodes of the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now. Story number three. Somerville has a release date. This comes from Saramano at Gamatsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, science fiction adventure game Somerville will launch for Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and PC via Steam on November 15th. Developer Jumpship has announced. It'll also be available via Xbox Game Pass. In the wake, and this is the description of the game, in the wake of an otherworldly invasion that's left the world in catastrophe, it's time for you to explore a rich and atmospheric world along with the intimate repercussions of large-scale conflict on your way to making your family whole again. Of course, Somerville is the game coming from Jump Ship, oh. who is made up of formerly Play Dead people, right? Play Dead being the studio that made Limbo and Inside. And so it's been highly anticipated. I've been highly anticipating it. They said 2022, um, uh, like earlier, like at the last thing they showed the game off at. And I was like, yeah, let's go 2022. And then earlier in the week, we did Gamescast going through the rest of the year. And... I had it on my list of like, oh yeah, 2022, no date, but I was like, it's not coming out. It's, right. it's not, it's already almost November. This game is not coming out. I can't believe it's actually coming out. Good I'm so excited. And it looks awesome, man. I loved Limbo. I really loved Inside. So I'm hoping that uh, that this can kind of hit the same because looking at um, Play Dead are working on another game, yes. right? They're working on a different game. And that looks very different than uh, what we would expect from them, whereas this does look a little bit more in line with that, mm. and I'm super excited for that. I'm, I'm hoping this is, like, a super dope two-hour experience, telling a, a great story, having, a, like, a, a vision and an idea of what they want us to achieve in that time, mm-hmm. and let's freaking go. On November 15th, that sounds like a nice a nice little respite of time after God of War. And, of course, Sonic, Sonic Frontiers, Frontiers. But that's, that's coming in around that um, Pokemon time. I'm, I'm going Somerville. Hell yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, Somerville, I imagine, is going to be a few hours. I was trying to think, think of the name. People are saying Cocoon. Now, Confident.com says you're wrong, or just tell me in chat. Is that Play Dead, or is that a similar situation of a Play Dead spinoff studio people left and are making Cocoon? Because Cocoon looks dope, but yeah, it is different from what Play Dead usually does. Yeah. But let me know. But yeah, like, November is looking hot right now, you know? And we were talking about, are there any, you know, Game of the Year contenders left? Are there any, you know, top 10 games of the year coming uh, that are left? 
this could be one. It definitely could. I am very excited about this because I've been thinking, you know, we're getting towards the end of the year. Like, what does my top 10 look like? And I, I feel like this hasn't been the most Tim Gettys year for, for video games. There's mm-hmm. been a couple absolute bangers, but like my top 10 list, I'm not confident where like Andy, his year is popping off. Like yeah. he's going to have a very difficult time coming up with his like full top 10. Whereas for me, I'm like, this is the type of thing where I'm like, oh, okay, this might be that secret sauce if it hits the way that I hope it does and expect it to, where I'm like, oh, I'm starting to feel real good about 10 games. Mm. Yeah, it's a uh, correct us, I guess, right? Cocoon is being developed by Geometric Interactive. It's a similar situation where devs from Playdead are working at the studio, made the studio, and are working on this game. Game is being published by Annapurna Interactive. Now, you bring up top 10s, Tim, mm-hmm. and I'm pulling out my phone here because. For the GG app? Not the GG app, actually. It's just my notes app where. I like to keep my, like, like, a loose ranking of the games that I played this year to, like, you know, kind of know where I'm going to be at towards the end of the year so I don't forget about mm-hmm. any game. Um, or, like, don't forget, like, how a game impacted me or whatever when I played it in the moment in February. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking to see, like, yo, are these games going to get bumped off my list, right? Because you mentioned it being Andy's year, not being your year. And I think I'm somewhere in between of, like, I think it's been a good year, not an amazing bless year. Right now, I'm looking at my top ten, and we're looking at Elden Ring. We're looking at Live Alive, Sifu, Mortality. Horizon Forbidden West. I have The Last of Part 1 on here, which is one that... Get that off here. It's, it's in there for me. Honestly, it was, it was one of my best gaming experiences of the year. It was such a reminder that, that I love The Last of Us. But right. when we do Gamescast Game of the Year, I'm probably not going to put it on there because, like, it's an old game. I, I'm, I'm, I, that's more a me list thing than mm-hmm. a, a personal thing. thing. I respect personal. that. I got As Dust Falls on here. I got Neon White on here. I is got, Kirby on there? I got Tinykin on here. I got Kirby. Now, I don't even know if I'm in the top 10 anymore. I, just, I think I just started listing games at gotcha, some point. Gotcha, gotcha. But I also got Dying Light 2. I got Rollerdrome on here. I got a game called Patrick's Parabox, which is a very much a puzzle poppy joint. It's mm. a puzzle game that I love. Uh, and, and then Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Hell yeah. is at Good the bottom you. of this thing. But it's in there. Good it's in there because that's a fun-ass game. But, yeah, I guess this year has been all right. Like, this year has been amazing. It's just yeah. like, yeah. It's just it, like The highs of this year have been dope as fuck. Yeah. But, I think there's been a middle that's been missing. Uh, yeah, I guess it's just, and again, it's not like we need 10 games, 10 amazing games for this to be an amazing year. But I feel like that my top five, and I feel like most people's top fives is like, oh, that's pretty competitive. And like, there's some great answers. And the bottom five, I think is a bit more like, hey, what, what was for you? Like, is mm-hmm. Last of Us on your list? Fantastic. Good for you. Marvel Snap's going to be on mine for sure. The Ali Ali worlds of the world, you know? The, uh, the Ali Ali yeah, worlds 100%. of the world. 100%. Yeah, yeah, like the, And the roller drums. Also, didn't I mention Sifu? Sifu's on my list. I'm in chat today. Sifu's yeah, way fucking high. Sifu's, Sifu's, Sifu's on my list. Also, everybody needs like? to play Eyelets because that game needs more love and it's fucking awesome. Eyelets. Eyelets. That's the one that's spelled like Islets, right? Yeah, It's the Metroidvania where, like, you're essentially building the Metroidvania. You're bringing four pieces of the Metroidvania map together throughout the game because they're separated at first it's really cool hell yeah but yeah, it's one of those years it brings me back to 2019 where games are going to speak so individually this year compared to, to compared to other years i guess there are like the few right there are the i mean god of war we got like Horizons. we can't say that when we have elden ring yes. <laughs> and god of war <laughs> i think it's, it's a there's a solid top three but then like i guess what, what i'm thinking of is how in 2019 there are so many games that like didn't hit as high as like a probably a God of War Ragnarok and an Elden Ring, but games are like right below that that like came out in swaths where mm-hmm. it was Death Stranding, Control, Jedi Fallen Order, Apex, and like the list RE2. went on. RE2, the list went on like that. Whereas Second this year, I think it was like a handful of like four to maybe five games that are hidden on that level for everybody, but then 
once you get past that, it's like all the indie games that are speaking to us individually. I think yeah. I just want like uh, oh, Sekiro was that year too. Fuck man, twenty nineteen was a great year. I guess I want more of those. Like I need a few more of those this year, and we might get that with Callisto Protocol. I mean, that's true, man. We still have games coming this year. That's true. <laughs> Sonic Frontier. Sonic more. Frontier. Let's go. Yeah. Story number four. Speaking of Callisto Protocol, Callisto Protocol is canceled in Japan. This comes from Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. The Callisto Protocol has been canceled in Japan after its developer determined it would not be able to get a rating for the game without cuts. Quote, We've decided to discontinue the Japanese version of the Callisto Protocol, the game's official social media account stated on Wednesday. Quote, We've determined that the game cannot pass the CERO rating in its current state and that changing the content will not provide the experience that players expect. We would appreciate your understanding in Japan. End quote. The account concluded by stating that it would provide refunds to those who had pre-ordered the title. Video games are rarely banned in Japan, but many titles have been edited for excessive violence, such as Gears of War, Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto, and the Dead Island series. Tokyo-based analyst Dr. Serkin Toto explained on Twitter that Japan's game censorship has gotten a lot worse since local rating agency CERO, which I'm just going to call CERO, uh, was established in 2002. Quote, games censored for nudity and violence in Japan include The Last of Us, Cyberpunk, Uncharted 1, Witcher 3, GTA 5, etc., he wrote. Quote, needless to say, censorship also affects homemade games, i.e. Resident Evil, when compared to, the Western, when compared to Western release. Uh, it is also important to understand that sometimes Japanese games get two releases, one cut and one gory version. The gory version typically sells better. The problem is that the gory version, which usually carries the Ciro's, uh, carries Ciro's strictest Z rating uh, for ages 18 plus, which Z rating sounds dope as fuck. You know what I mean? That's a cool-ass rating right there. Uh, It's also censored when compared with the Western release. In other words, avoid the Japanese version of such games at all costs. They are always censored, end quote. And Tim, Mm -hmm. I bring up this new story only to say that, like, yeah, how cool is that? Though? Like, what, what the fuck you got in there, Callisto Protocol? Callisto Protocol. It's like, damn, guys. Like, you getting censored in countries? Are you getting, you're not releasing in countries? You're getting canceled because you're so cool? You're so gory. You got some gore I mean, we've seen some in gore in that, right? Like, we've already seen some trailers where, like, whoa. Like, they are just going all out, which is the, kind of that thing, right? Yeah. You think back to Dead Space, it's like, yeah, that was, the violence and gore was a big selling point. Like, in an almost modern Mortal Kombat way. Like, what mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat did in the 90s, Dead Space did for that generation of gaming of just, like, yo. Like, it's survival horror, and it is going to be, like, down to the, the teeth and nails of your survival on this. And it is going to be very brutal. And close to protocol, I mean, we're talking about higher fidelity than we've ever seen. So it's, like, yeah. some of that stuff, it's going to just, it's going to be very, very, very graphic. Yeah, 100%. Story number five, Sonic Prime has gotten a release date and character posters. This comes from David Griffin at IGN. IGN can exclusively reveal that Netflix's Sonic Prime animated series is coming to to the streaming giant on Thursday, December 15th, 2022. Here's how Netflix describes Sonic Prime. Quote, the action-packed adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog go into overdrive when a run-in with Dr. Eggman results in a literal universe-shattering event. Desperate to piece his prime reality back together and save his old friends, Sonic races through the Shatterverse, discovering strange worlds and enlisting new friends in an epic adventure of a lifetime, end quote. We can also exclusively debut an awesome batch of new character posters, including Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles, and more or, and more in the gallery below, which if you're watching the video version, we're scrolling through the gallery right now. Hey, Tim? Everyone's here. Everyone's here. All right, well, let's go through these posters again. Tim, I want you to pick 
your top three. We're doing a mini shit list right now. Oh, okay. Top three character posters from Sonic Prime. Look, I'm pretty basic when it comes to this stuff. So I got to give a shout out to my boy Tails immediately because he's just looking dope as hell. Let's see Tails. In, in this here. I, I saw this first yeah, thing in the morning. I can't look at this little guy's face and not think about my little bundle of joy, Toretto. Okay? Mm. He looks exactly like Toretto. Not as, you know, he's a little more yellow, but the vibe's there. And I appreciate that. I see that. it. I see uh, it. I've always appreciated Tails for that very reason. Um, Sonic is my boy. I'm a blue guy. Big fan of Sonic. Always have been since I was born. Mm. All right. Sonic's in there. I'm well, not I love feeling the, the Sonic poster. Crystal's going on in the poster, too, where you can see the reflection. I'm, I don't Eggman. love it. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm this, it. This poster, is, it's way too much. Mm. Way too noisy. Why Sonic on it twice? There, there's a couple poster <laughs> Sonic faux. Sonic is on it twice. Yeah, there's poster <laughs> faux pas that drive me Wait, where personally. Wait, is he on it twice? Well, he's big, and then he's on a crystal. No, Unless that's, is that that's shadow? Oh, is it? Oh, uh, I guess from well, our perspective, yeah, looks blue. Yeah, on our, from uh, our perspective, it looks either blue. way, All right. either way. We not, didn't not color, uh, color correct those TVs, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then of course you just gotta go for it because I'm me and you're you. Of course, can we just say it? Shadow? Three, two, Uh-oh. one. Yeah. Rogue. Whoa! Oh, I was going Shadow. No, bro. I mean, I mean, Rogue is looking great. What are you, the that's waifu good. poppy again? No, I'm not what? the waifu poppy. Yeah, that's, <laughs> what, that's what we know. Him in the are trying to I feel like that must have started in Sonic Adventure Two. No, because well, no, because my first like 3D Sonic game was Sonic Heroes, which okay. that, that did introduce me to Rogue. Yeah. Is yeah, it Rouge? Is it Rogue? Rouge. I don't. I, know. I think it's Rouge. I think, I think it's Rouge, Rouge too, which yeah. makes it even cooler. Yeah. I mean, go to Shadow. Shadow's probably my favorite one. I mean, Shadow's just fucking dope. Shadow's just cool. Literally, there's nothing cooler than Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah, I said that. It's on record, everybody. You can clip it out and put it out there and, like, you know. Hell, yeah. Look at this. Like, try try to shame me. This guy It's impossible. I'm right. Look at at the angle. Look at the angle of what's happening right now. Hell, yeah. Power. Sheer freaking power. Also, somebody, interesting, people in chat like to piss me off sometimes. Somebody says it's literally spelled Rouge. Listen, all right? When I played Sonic Heroes, I was seven, eight years old. I didn't know how to s- distinguish between those two words. So I called her Rogue all my life until I learned how to spell. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. it's Rouge. I didn't internalize that, all right? So blessing, I'm going to say Rogue sometimes. Blessing, you know what? It's okay. You know, Thank I, you. I called him uh, Namor for the longest time, and then Andy shamed me on a thing saying, it's Namor, you idiot. So I get, I still call I get, him Atreus. Yeah. And listen, I, I played Kratos because Kratos okay, called a well boy for the one, whole game. That one is like a call your son by your fucking by his fucking name. Maybe I'll I feel understand like his what his name, name is. said enough in that game that you should know it by now, though. You know? Boy, it's like, come on, man. He has a name. Mm. All right. Call him his first name so that I can remember how to say it. Hell yeah. Sonic Crime. I'm. Hey, look, I, I'll it looks, watch it. <laughs> uh, will you? I will not. Really? Um, yeah. yeah no, did you, like did you watch the Sonic Boom cartoon? I didn't. I ended up not watching it all, but like that, that was, was a great. It was surprisingly surprise. The clips I saw, surprisingly good writing, and I enjoyed that a lot. Mm-hmm. This the, visually, like this looks like we're just pumping out shit to like have content for content's sake. Mm. I hope that I'm wrong. Every once in a while, when I feel that way, I'm absolutely, absolutely incorrect. Transformers Prime, no. Well, that was excellent too. But Transformers Animated is what it was called. Mm-hmm. You see the art style, I was like, this looks like garbage. It was fantastic. Uh, spectacular Spider-Man. You look at the art style, you're like, oh, why would they do that to my boy? Mm-hmm. And it's the best Spider-Man thing we've ever had. So sometimes looks can be deceiving, and like they're just because it looks like content, it could actually be something special. My gut says this isn't gonna be it, Sonic no. Prime. But I shout out to them for getting all the characters together. Like we got Amy and all the adventure friends, and like it's just like all right, cool. There, be a good time. We it's got Big the Cat. We got Froggy up in this. Come on. And we're getting just so much Sonic content. Of course, Sonic Frontier is right around the corner. Sonic Prime also around the corner. We're getting a hell of Sonic this fall, and that's only going to lead in to Sonic the Hedgehog three coming someday. 
I forget if we have a date for that. We probably don't, but I imagine that's only a couple years away. Let's get high for that. Wait. I can't wait. Bless. Can't wait for that. I've rewatched the end of Sonic Two recently. You know, last night I, I was down. In I feel my... like you can say that statement whenever, and it'll be true. A- exactly. Yeah. And it's it is true. I just I love when they're running down the street, Sonic Hero style. It's just too oh, good. It's, so good. it's just too good. What if Sonic Four is Sonic Heroes? You know, what do these call, ah, call it Sonic Heroes? Ah, uh, there's so many so much potential. Plus, last night I was uh, down down in my theater, which I'm I'm in less nowadays. I used to live there mm-hmm. making content all day. Now it's just an end Dude, of the day thing, which is so really weird. weird. It's so weird to go home and go into my room, and I'm like, I'm not been we get, here. We, we get to treat it like. Like a home now. Yeah, it's I can really come back weird. to my room and be like, yo, I can relax it's, now. It's not a workspace anymore. It is very, very weird. But I looked down and on my desk, like, right now, I took my computer from home here. So I'm actually, like, right now my, my home computer, or my home desk yeah. is, like, really empty. There's just my copy of Sonic 2 in 4K just sitting there. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of want to bring it in and then just surprise you with it. But, you know. I was at, um, I was at Target yesterday. Just looking for a new pot and a new pan. All right, don't worry about it. Uh, Does this go back to the stir fry thing I was telling you before the mm-hmm. show? Yes. Um, but I passed by the like movie section or whatever, and they had like the new movie stand, and I was like, oh, they got Sonic Two in here, and I was like, I, should I buy a DVD no. of Sonic Two? No. There's no reason. I don't even think I have a DVD player. Like, I guess I could play on my PlayStation, but I was like, why the fuck would I do that when I could just stream it? And so I didn't do it, but I did think about it. Yeah, I did think about it. I just I, I like having the 4K Blu-rays just because you know like the streaming quality can uh, like depending on like what's going on with connections and stuff like that. I I want that crisp clean image all the time. Mm. You know. Yeah, but DVD that yeah, is no, some true psychopath. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's psychopath behavior right there. <laughs> Somebody in chat said, "Bro, uh, pots and pans are pricey. They are. Like, holy shit, dude. <sighs> They'd be out here." Like what? What's in these things that they cost me so much? Like gold, cast iron. <laughs> yeah, like, it's an investment. You know, I just want to cook, man. Let me just cook. Uh, speaking of cooking, Marvel Snap is cooking some numbers over here. Not cooking some numbers. I guess that's out of con- connotation. They're cooking up something good because they're retaining <laughs> numbers. Story number six: Marvel Snap earns two million dollars in, in the first week. This comes from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Digital digital collectible card game Marvel Snap is off to a hot start after earning two million dollars in its first week on the market. As reported by MobileGamer.biz, Marvel Snap reportedly raked in $1.3 million on iOS devices and $737 million on Android, which, Android, let's step it up, all right? We can do better. (laughs) It also accrued 5.3 million downloads since its launch on October 17th. Though, interestingly, these numbers were split the opposite way, with 3.8 million on Android and 1.5 million on iOS, which... Android, I take it back. We're doing great. We're killing them, y'all. Marvel Snap has been the most popular in North America so far, currently sitting at the top of the iOS charts in the U.S. and Canada. Tim, Amy Antos writes in to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD, just like you can, and says, Hey, guys, with Marvel Snap earning $2 million in its first week, could we have a new Hearthstone on our hands? I, I think that there's the potential for this to be even bigger than that. Wow. I mean, it's... I'm going to spat out my water. <laughs> <laughs> you were really <laughs> bewildered by that statement. Uh, no, but Maybe I mean, like, look, Arsenal. we've been talking about this for, for a long time, or I have in particular, but, like, the Marvel IP is just so valuable that more now than ever, and you apply that to something that is in everyone's hands, which is a smartphone, and, like, so many people, whether you like mobile games or don't like mobile games, I would say that the majority of people out there want something on their phone they want something to pass the time and this is the perfect game for that because it is fast it's 
high quality. It isn't beating you over the head with uh, microtransactions and stuff. It's easy to learn, very well tutorialized, and it's Marvel, baby. Like, mm -hmm. they just, it's a secret sauce. They got all the things kind of checked off of for this to be a hit and for it to work. The proof's going to be in the pudding of can they keep it fun? Can they keep adding new stuff to, like, keep people wanting to go back every day? I'm three months in. I played every single day. I plan to keep playing every single day. I, this morning I woke up. First thing I thought about was playing. <laughs> it's like I am so in on this game, and I love seeing it online. It seems like everyone in my circles is as well. My question is, to go back to Amianto's here of, like, will we have a new Hearthstone in our hands? I think we just need to – I need to see does it get past my Twitter sphere of friends. Like, of course, mm -hmm. Alfredo Diaz is playing this, right? Yeah. But are my, like, home friends playing this? You know, what? like, will they get mm. into it? And I – I would be willing to bet that within the next two weeks, without me saying anything, my boys group chat that I have of like all my uh, like middle school and high school friends, someone's going to be like, yo, anyone playing Marvel Snap? And yeah. th then it's going to start popping up. I bet you You guys. know who the, uh, the best testing bed for this kind of stuff is? Is one Alyssa. And she's popping off in it, right? Like every night, man, People she's be been popping. playing it. And so, and like, granted, she comes into things a little earlier because, you know, she's one level removed because of us. And I come home and talk about stuff. But I think when she gets hooked into something, I feel like that's like a, oh, like people on the outside of like being in games all the time are going to going to find this and get addicted to it. Hmm. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, very excited to see how Marvel Snap does in the years to come. But the years to come are just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? You would look at the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Barrett. No smoke? It, just, it makes me sad when it's only the one. Yeah, it is. That's it's fair, such a fair. limp little thing. Uh, Barrett, can you I send assets a, a video that I would like to show? Yes. If possible. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I got it. Here we I go. Right here. So this happened to me last night, Bless, where in Marvel Snap, um, pretty much every like 10 days or so, there's like a featured location, and you can start getting that a lot. Mm -hmm. And right now it's Bar Sinister, which if you put a card down, uh, it will multiply that card by four. And so whatever effects it has, you get them times four, right? Oh. So I played this game and, I, and I, it's a kind of an annoying location and like, yeah. it's, it's fun for right now, but like, you know, there's some strategies that just kind of overwhelm and whatever. But I got in this situation where um, I multiplied my uh, Sunspot card, got all the credit for that, whatever. Because New York allows you to move it, I moved all my, them to the middle, used my Dr. Doom, it sends the Doom bots. I have a full stack here. Great scores. I was like, I'm feeling good. This motherfucker didn't do a single move until the last turn. And he drops Arnim Zola, which essentially de destroys another card at the location and replaces mm -hmm. it with it. So I got stuck in this infinite loop. Wow. Where I, this game was going on for about 20 minutes of just what you're seeing here happening. Wow. Of it destroying and just keep going. It was never going to end. And he starts taunting me. He starts <laughs> sending the, like, in the top right, he starts sending, like, like the Deadpool, like, looking cute shit. And I'm just like, you motherfucker. So I was like, right there. Get, get out of here. So I was like, no, I'm not giving up, bless. And guess what? I won. Stuck it out? How long I stuck it, it out. Legitimately took about 20 minutes. But I just put my Hell phone yeah. down and I was like, nah, dude. Nah. I love that. Because yeah. I think I'd be right there with you. I'm like, no, man, I have too much spite for this. Yeah. You're not going to win this out. That's incredible. Yeah, Travis Nicholson said he forced you to retreat. No, I did not retreat. 
Hell yeah. I freaking won. Proud of you, Tim. Thank you. Out today, we got Live by the Sword Tactics for PC, Switch, and Xbox One. Star Ocean, the Divine Force for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X. Sackboy, a big adventure for PC. Signalis for PC, PS4, Switch, and Xbox One. Warhammer, 40,000. Inquisitor, Martyr Ultimate Edition for PS5 and Xbox One. Winter Survival for PC. Arkanoid Eternal Battle for everything, which hell yeah. I, I don't know what the Eternal Battle is, but that... Sounds incredible for an Arkanoid game. Uh, Brewmaster, Beer Brewing Simulator for everything. Buddy Simulator, 1984 for Switch. Dave the Diver for PC. Gunfire Reborn for Xbox Series X. Harmony's Odyssey for Switch. Relayer for PC. Saturnalia for everything. Sins of a Solar Empire 2 for PC. The Pinball Wizard for PC and Switch. Paper Cut Mansion for PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. And then the Sega Genesis Mini 2 is out today. Is Pinball Wizard, like, uh, do you think the they use the music from The Who, Tim? What do you think? No. No? It makes but me sad. They, yeah. Missed sad. opportunity. Yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't think there's a wizard in that game. I think it's just all pinball. The Super Space Club demo from KFBF. Graham Reed is also live on Steam right now. So, so go support KFBF Graham Reed. The Super Space Club. Hell yeah, dude. The That's homie. Cool. Graham, Graham made the original Gamescast intro. Oh, really? Or not the original, but the one that we just replaced. Like, mm-hmm. he, he animated it, and he designed the art, and Graham animated it. Hell yeah. It. New dates for you. Of course, Sonic Prime is coming December 15th, 2022, and Somerville will launch November 15th for Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and PC via Steam. We have one, new, we have one deal of the day for you. Uh, Gunfire Reborn is up on Game Pass, so you don't even have to pay price if you have that xbox game pass to play the game which gunfire reborn really fun game if you like a first person shooter roguelite that you can play with your friends it's a very fun time now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong where you write in let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube and listening later on podcast services around the globe sad boy barrett writes in to say so, uh, sony has increased the price of the ps5 in more than just the uk uh they did it in europe they did it in japan they did it in china they did it in australia mexico Wait. canada was not you? I didn't write that in. Who's oh, pretending man. to be me? That's not cool. You can't wow. steal don't, identities. Don't pretend to be me. Don't Chet. pretend to be him. You ain't that sad. I'll find you and I'll ban you. He'll beat your ass. <laughs> Barrett Courtney's going to beat your ass. I'm going to drive back. Once I drive back into the city, I'm going to come in and beat your ass. <laughs> I watched that clip 10 <laughs> times a day. <laughs> uh, that's it for counterfunny.com slash you're wrong. Tomorrow's hosts are going to be Tim and me during our all-day live stream. So get hyped for that. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is some Overwatch 2 with Mike and Andy. They're going to be doing some ranking. If you want to catch that stream later, you can, of course, subscribe right here, youtube.com slash Games. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on youtube.com slash Games and twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, game daily.